Yeah, it's about that time that you've been waiting for. And if you don't know, you're about to know. Now, yeah, you ready? Let's go. Your relationship with God does not make you exempt from uh, attacks and real life issues. And I know they lied to you at the altar, <laughs> the end of service, is they come down here and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and everything will be perfect and you're going to feel free like you're running butt naked in the rose garden. <laughs> you know, everything going to just feel perfect for you. But I'm sorry to they lied. They lied to you. Bishop Tutu lied to you. I'm sorry. You're not going to feel free like you're running butt naked in a garden of lilies. Just because you accept Jesus, you're not going to feel just like you're running in a cotton field. Just free like a bird. No to you. They lied. And I'm sorry they lied to you because that is not how this thing works, all right? And the moment we can get some sense and come to grips with the fact that Jesus is not a genie, all right? And he is not a magician and he is not a fairy tale, all right? Uh, will be the moment you stop letting false expectations discourage you. 
All right. The moment you stop looking at Jesus as a genie, the moment you stop categorizing him as some type of fairy tale or magician will be the moment you stop allowing false expectations to discourage you. Okay. We have created this false narrative. Uh, about how God should move according to our desires. We have this false idea. We have this false narrative about uh, 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 what God should do concerning us. Okay. And I don't care how only you are. I don't care how anointed your tongue sound. I don't care how well you can quote a scripture. I don't care how uh, uh, you, 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 many doctrines and, 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 and degrees you may have. I don't care if you can buck, tuck, or roll. All right? You are not exempt from trouble. Hear me. You are not exempt from temptation. Do you hear me? All right? You are not exempt from heartaches. You are not exempt from attacks. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who told you. Somebody done told you wrong. Brother Bernard, you are not exempt. I don't care how long you've been in church. You could have been in church since dinosaurs, before the dinosaurs became exempt. You, you extinct. I'm sorry. You probably been here since uh, Jurassic Park. You probably had the same seat since T-Rex. Okay? But it does not mean that you are exempt from heartache, death, divorce, disease. If anything, your assignment opens you up to these very things. Hello, somebody. Your assignment, your yes, your purpose, your anointing makes you a target for these very things. So I don't know why it is that we think that we are exempt from troubles. We are not. Somebody done told you wrong. So save yourself the attitudes and the tantrums because God does not move according to your will. Okay? We have too many fake Christians. Wait, this is, I believe this is why the church is a joke. And this is why the church is looked upon the way that it's looked upon. Because we have too many uh, 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 seasonal Christians. All right? The ones that play church pretending that they are for God until he doesn't answer your prayer. Now you want to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Now you want to uh, get involved with strange doctrine. And then you make the church look bad because you have proclaimed to be a man of God. You have proclaimed to be a woman of God. You have proclaimed to be a servant, a minister, until God does not move the way that you want him to move. Now you got strange fight. Now you are part of the Fruit Loop Ministries. Now you, you, you're psychotic. Now you're part of the Peter Pan Ministries. Huh? And what many of your people are like, well, I thought you was a Christian. I thought you was saved. I thought you had the Holy Ghost. And now we don't know if you're coming or going because there are too many fake Christians who only want to ride the wave as long as they are being blessed. They only want to ride the wave as long as God is answering them. And I don't know about you. When I first got saved, everything seemed to be falling in place. And then reality kicked in. And there are too many of us who once reality kicks in and the attacks kick in because now Satan is like, okay, 
I'm cool with you shouting in church. I'm cool with you praying. I'm cool with you going to church. But the moment I recognize that you for real, now I got to turn up the heat. And when he turns up the heat, a lot of us go a different way. So let me save you the trouble, sweetie. This, this here ain't for you. If you're looking for a genie in a bottle, this is not for you. This walk, this yes, this road, this, none of this is for you if you are looking for a genie in a bottle. But this is for those who will stay the course despite what comes my way. This is for those who will stand despite what comes my way. This is for those who will say that I will remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that my labor is not in vain. Hello, somebody. This walk is for those who can declare with tears running that down their face that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. This walk is for those who, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if he don't come for me. It doesn't matter if he don't answer me. It doesn't matter if he don't bless me in that moment. It doesn't matter if he don't save my husband. It doesn't matter if he don't give me the job promotion. It doesn't even matter if he don't heal my body. I will trust in the Lord with all my ways and all my heart, okay? This is for those who got a real yes, all right? This is for those who understand that because I'm only, because I preach the gospel, it does not mean that I am without attack. It does not leave me exempt from real life troubles. Not even your perfection, which ain't half of us nowadays. <laughs> find me somebody perfect or even close to it. Find me. They must be in another country under a cave or, or something. I don't know. Not in this world with all type of technology and all access to sin and sin being so, so accessible and made cool. You don't, you won't never find nobody who is perfect. You'll find somebody who's striving, but you'll never find anybody who is perfect. However, not even your perfection will exempt you from trouble. Come here, Joe. Come here, come, 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 come here, Job. Job is a perfect example, all right? Because he was sinless, he was blameless, and yet still attacked. Godly and still experienced death in the worst way as his very own children were killed, all right? Righteous and yet lost everything. Had a real relationship with God and yet sickness still hit his body. Your yes does not disqualify you from trouble. And the Bible warns us. And the funny thing is we look for prophecy in man when the word has our answers. All right. Psalm 46. Somebody write that. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 27, 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. 
Nahum 1 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. Psalm 50 15, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I shall rescue you, and you will honor me. Why does God give us warning in the word about trouble if we won't see it? Hello, somebody. Why would he give us warning in the word about trouble if we won't see it, if we won't experience it? Huh? I have read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and from Revelation to Genesis and never have I come across a scripture that says get saved and your worries and your troubles will go away permanently. I have, however, come across scriptures like Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I have come across scriptures that, that, that are like Psalm 9 and 9. The Lord is a refuge uh, for the oppressed, a stronghold in the times of trouble. Psalm 34 and 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. Psalm 23 and 4, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. That's the scriptures that I'm reading. I don't know where y'all came from thinking that you will not experience trouble because you gave God a yes. I don't know where you came from thinking because you gave God a yes and you have surrendered your life that you will not experience trouble when there are hundreds of scriptures saying who he will be to us in times of trouble and struggle and pain and heartache. Okay. There are too many scriptures warning us and comforting us in times of struggle. And evangelists, why are you even going this way? Because we are in a pandemic. All right. We are in a pandemic and this pandemic has really exposed what's inside of a lot of us. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people have, uh, you know, truly seen the blessings of God during this time, while others have experienced a piercing heart attack. You hear me? Some have experienced piercing pain in this time. Death and loss have really shook some of us and had us looking at God sideways. A lot of us have gone through pain in this pandemic that has really shook our faith during this time. And some people have been in, in, immovable. Some people have been steadfast. Some people have said, you know what? I, I, I'm going to hold on with, with the skin of my teeth. I'm barely holding, but I'm going to hold on and I'm not going to let God, God go despite what I'm facing. However, others, on the other hand, are not really processing their pain and their trouble in this time. And I'll even, you know, testify on my own self. And I'll even tell on my own self because I was one of the ones this year that was like, really God? Like for real? When he took my daddy 
on my 10 year anniversary, I felt and still feel a pain that I wouldn't wish on my enemies. Hear me, only anointed, sanctified, tongue talking, Bible quoting, a, a, a lover of God, and yet even myself had a give up spirit. Had a, I know you lie. Are you serious? If I if I can just testify, uh, uh, this this death and this transition shook me for real, y'all. And I got on here uh, when it first happened, acting like I was superwoman, but it, it, it behind closed doors, I was losing it. And uh, I felt my help coming. I felt the prayers of the righteous. And I, and, and I had to pull myself out of a depression. And I had to pull myself together because my feelings had nothing to do with my yes. And I had to get myself together. However, others have not been able to do that in a lot of ways. Uh, and even now, still speaking of my own self, it's 911 time. And if you are a follower of my ministry, you know that my spiritual father was on just about every conference that we did. Every year he will come in. And so him being my mentor, my spiritual father uh, around this time, I would almost talk to him daily as I would run things by him and, you know, go back and forth about what was going on and the things we were doing. And now it's 911 time and I can't call my daddy. And even in this, I promise you, I don't even want to do 911. I'm just going to keep it real with you. I don't want to do it. Everything in me is telling me to cancel. I'm just being real. Everything in me is saying, you know what? I'm going to refund you. I'm going to just count it as a loss. All the deposits we paid for the tent, the location, everything in me wants to say, you know what? Not this year because it's really hitting me, y'all. Because I can't pick up the phone and call my daddy. I can't pick up the phone. This is the first time. And it's, it's hurting. It's hurting me. It's hurting me. And I don't want to even do 911. And so to even invite you and even to continue with it. I'm just being real. I'm just telling you my testimony. To even be able to put it together is a struggle. I don't want to do it. Because I'm still hurt and still battling the loss of somebody who was so near and dear to me. And I wanted to give up. I still want to give up. I don't want to do it. I want to quit. I don't want to have it. I promise you. I don't want to do it this year. However, the spirit of the Lord had to check me like he checked Job. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Oh, Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost. Who are you to question my authority or my decisions? God has to check some of us. You hear me? I don't care how holy you may be. I don't care how many sacrifices you have made for, for the kingdom of heaven. Because here I am having a pity party. Here I am saying, God, after all that I have said no to, after all the doors that have that have closed in my face, all the sacrifices, all the betrayals, all the times that I've turned the other cheek, all of the daggers in my back. And the only thing I asked you to do was save my father and you didn't come through for me. I quit. I promise you. I promise you I have a temper tantrum. I had a temper tantrum. I quit ministry. I even want to quit doing this revival. I promise you I don't want to do it. But God had to give me a reality check. Who are 
you. And when have I ever told you that because you gave me a yes, that everything will be perfect? When have I ever told you? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. When did I ever tell you that because you answered the call, that everything will be perfect? I never told you that. But you have created this false narrative that everything was supposed to be perfect because you made a sacrifice when in reality, your commitment to me is your reasonable service. Your commitment to me is your reasonable service to me. I don't owe you nothing because I paid the price at the cross. I paid the price at Calvary. I paid the price through my crucifixion. So I owe you nothing. But because we have created this false narrative saying, well, God, I did this for you. I stopped messing with this person. I stopped doing this. I stopped doing that. I did this. I sacrificed this. I got my degrees. I got my doctors. I got my masters. I went to theology school. I opened up a church. I feed the homeless. I visit the sick. I pray for my enemies. So you are supposed to do what I tell you to do. And somebody has told Jerome because I'm here to tell you that that is not how it works. I don't care if he don't show up for you. You still are obligated to do what he called you to do. You still are obligated to fulfill your assignment. And I had to even shake myself because I promise you I don't want to do it. I promise you that I won't, I don't want to do it. I just told Melissa, I said, I'm about to cancel. I'm about to cancel because I can't call my dad. I call my, I call him my brother Bishop, which is Anthony, Pastor Anthony PG Jr., my 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 spiritual father's son, his birth son. I called him and I said, I, I, I'm not feeling this in this season. I'm not, I'm I, I'm not, I'm not doing well. You know, at some point, uh, can I just keep it real? There are seasons where we are really high and everything is going good. And then there are other seasons where we are low and the spirit of depression will creep in and, and the weight of life will creep in. And at some places and points in your life, you just don't want to do it. And that's okay, but you cannot stay there. And that I'm preaching to my own self. I'm trying to help you while I'm helping my own self. Because I promise you, Tamika, I promise you, Sandra, I promise you, Kamaria, that I don't want to do it. However, we have to get to a place where we understand that if he doesn't move the way we want, he still God, if he don't come through, if he don't do it, he is still God. I'm hurt. I'm broken. I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm jobless. I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through issues in my marriage. My kids are this. I'm overwhelmed. I'm this. And yet God is still God. At the end of the day, somebody has told you wrong. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what sacrifices you have made in your walk with God. That's what you're supposed to do. That is what you are supposed to do. And so as I encourage my own self, let me encourage you and let you know somebody told you wrong. And we have to get delivered from this false narrative that 
that, that, that God is just supposed to do what we want him to do. He's not going to always do what you want him to do. Trust me, I know. Because the only thing I asked was that you saved my father. The only thing I asked was for you to heal him. And he did it. And I had to understand that God is not going to move on every prayer because even though we are begging and even though we are seeking and even though we are pleading with heaven to move on our behalf, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so there's a purpose even in the pain. It hurts. It feels like you're being crushed. It feels like this is unfair. It feels like this is too much. It feels like you want to give up, but you have to get to a place that even if he doesn't show up, he is still God. He's still God. It hurts, evangelists. I've done too much in ministry. I've turned the other cheek for my enemies. And yet God has not come through for me. Guess what? I'm sorry. Your yes has nothing to do with whether he moves in that moment. Your yes has nothing to do with, with him showing up for you when you want him to. It doesn't work like that. And somebody has told you wrong. Somebody has given you or you yourself have given your own self a false narrative. It's going to hurt. You are going to have days left. No pastor or preacher or minister ever told you. Allow me to tell you on today. You are going to have days where it is overwhelming. You are going to have days where you want to quit. You are going to have days where God is not going to move the way you want him to move. And yet you still have to answer the call. You still have to fulfill your purpose. You still have to do what he commanded you to do because at the end of the day, he didn't want to go to the cross because remember in the Bible, he said, God, if you let this cup pass from me, please, if, if there's a way for me to get out of this, allow me to get out of this. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus even wanted a way out. He didn't want to go through that, and yet he still did it. And so I'm sorry. I know you don't want to go through the divorce. I know you don't want to experience death. I know you don't want to experience uh, uh, job being jobless. I know you don't want to experience poverty. I know you don't want to experience being backstabbed. I know it hurts. I know it's overwhelming. But God is still God, and you have to minister to your own self like I'm doing right now. David said he encouraged himself. And sometimes you have to get to a place where you say come hell or high water, I'm still going to fulfill the assignment because I am not worthy. I am not worthy. I am imperfect. I am flawed. And, let, and yet God, you have still shown up for me. So imagine all the times we, we focus on when he doesn't do it. We focus on when he doesn't come through. But if you can just have a flashback on all the times that he did. If you can just remember all the times that he did come through. 
and all the times that he did answer you and all the times that he did provide and all the times that he did heal and all the times that he did deliver and all the times that he did send somebody to bless you and all the times he, he opened the door for you. I need you to focus on that and not on the times that he did it. Get out of this false narrative. Get out of it. Get out of it. Because somebody done told you wrong. Your sacrifice will be honored. <laughs> and even if it's not honored on earth, it'll be honored in heaven. Hear me, somebody. That's old school. There is a mansion, many mansions in my father's house. So if I don't reap the benefits here, I know I'm going to reap it on the other side. And ain't that what, isn't that what counts? Isn't that what counts? Because a lot of people get their reward on earth, but my reward is in heaven. And so I just wanted to encourage you as I encourage myself. I'm sorry to tell you, but the Bible never, ever, 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 ever told us that we will have days without trouble. However, it did tell us what to do in those times. All right? So that's all I got. I ain't gonna hold you. I know it's Friday night. I know y'all trying to go turn up. I know y'all got things to do. But I wanted to let you know that your yes is your reasonable service. Because what Jesus did for us at the cross, there shall be there should be nothing that we shouldn't do for him. And I'm speaking to my own self because I don't want to have this conference this year. I don't want to do it. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do it. And then you have to beg people to come and praise God. Now I can see if the world was still shut down, but everybody is out. They're traveling because the travel is cheap. The hotels, the resorts, the flights are cheap. People are going out. They're doing their thing, but then you got to, you got to beg them to come and worship the God that kept them through a pandemic. I don't want to do it. I'm already dealing with the death of my father, my mentor, my heart. I'm already still dealing with that. And then you mean to tell me I got to beg people to come and worship God because he kept them in the mint when we should have been dead and gone? He kept you and you right in that land and said, I ain't going. You right down the street and said, I ain't going. You traveling here and there, Miami, Vegas, Atlanta, New York, and you said, I'm not going. I don't want to deal with it. I promise you I don't want to deal. Not this year. Maybe next year. Because they say with time, things get better. Well, I'm not healed. And right now, it's hitting me. Because he was supposed to be here. He is the one that I leaned on. Okay? Okay? So, I'm not feeling it. And yet, I'm still doing it. Because why? My feelings don't have nothing to do with my yes. But I promise you, I want to send everybody a refund. I, I don't want to do it. I don't. Not this year. I I, 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 I I promise you. They can keep the deposits and all the money and thousands of dollars that I've spent to bring this revival here. I, 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 I'm, I promise you. I can cancel right now. I won't feel nothing about it. But because my feelings don't have nothing to do with my assignment, I'm still pushing and I'm still pressing. If don't nothing but 20 people show up, that's all right. Because that's fine. All right. 
But even in the midst of my own pain, and even in the midst of my own struggles and my own private uh, uh, troubles, God told me who he would be to me. He never said that it wouldn't exist. He never said that I wouldn't experience. He just said who I can pull on in those times. And so I just wanted to tell you that, yes, you're going to have days where you're sad. And you're going to have days where you minister, evangelist, bishop, pastor, prophetess, prophet, uh, a praise and worship leader, usher, uh, or, 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 or just that pew member who loves God, just that Bible-believing Christian. You're going to have days of trouble. But in those times of trouble, God promised that he would be our help. You're going to have days where the spirit of depression and sadness and heaviness will come and find you. But God promised us that he would be with us in those times. All right. So that's all I got. That's all I got. Anyway, I love y'all with the love of the Lord. Remember, God is still God, despite how you feel.